You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 9th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. In just a minute, we're going to play a conversation I wrapped up recently with Billy Embody. Uh, LSU reporter for Go 24-7 Sports, uh, one of the few guys on that site along with Shay Dixon and Sonny Ship, who do a great job. And they're a little bit busy right now because in addition to signing day being a week away and in addition to covering a massively disappointing football season for the defending national champions, looks like LSU is going to lose the services of five-star freshman tight end Eric Gilbert, who was the highest-ranked tight end in the modern-day recruiting era according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, number five overall last year in the 2020 cycle, reports that he is looking to opt out at the at the uh, at best, transfer at worst. Coach Ed Orgeron addressed all of that on Tuesday, said, you know, they'd love to have Eric Gilbert back, which is, you know, at that point, it, it sounds like he's gone, right? And, and the reasons here, you can point to Eric Gilbert a little bit homesick. He's from Georgia. Been a trying season for all college football players, especially freshmen. This is not the experience they thought they were going to get when they were looking forward to playing college football. And then Eric Gilbert, just the fact that he's at a program, he's getting the ball plenty. He's getting targets, but the quarterbacks haven't been healthy. Offensive line's been bad. LSU's a bit of a mess. Could be undergoing some staff changes on the offensive and defensive side of the ball this year after next week's game. So, it's just a little bit of uncertainty, probably too much so for someone who has his eyes set on the NFL in two years and wants to play, be playing uh, at a uh, more stable university right now. So Billy and Buddy did a great job talking to me about that. I'm excited for you all to hear it. Uh, before we move on to that, uh, I'm sure you saw the news at this point. Ohio State versus Michigan was canceled because of COVID-19 issues in the Michigan football program, which means at 5-0, and Ohio State, at the time I recorded this on Tuesday afternoon, would not be eligible for the Big Ten Championship. There are two things that can happen here. The Big Ten, the athletic directors, can meet and they can change the rule and get Ohio State into the Big Ten title game. Right now, the Big Ten East representative would be Indiana. Ohio State beat Indiana heads up in Columbus earlier this year, but Indiana has played more games, so right now they would be eligible. That's not good for the conference's playoff hopes, and the conference makes money if it sends a team to the playoff. So I think we can all agree, though, that it would look a little bit biased to change the rules to benefit Ohio State, that it's this year the right move. The second thing that Ohio State can do is find another team to play this weekend so that they can get to 6-0, either in the Big Ten and qualify for the game, or that they can get a really nice resume addition. Texas A&M, if they played this weekend, A&M doesn't get to play Ole Miss, that could be massive. That could be a winner-makes-the-playoff type of game for one of those two programs. It wouldn't help Ohio State get into the Big Ten title game because Texas A&M is not a Big Ten team. But who needs a Big Ten title game against Northwestern if you can beat the Aggies on a neutral site field in late December or in mid-December? That would be massive for Ohio State and, and a massive opportunity, too, for Texas A&M. Twitter was abuzz with hopes of that happening. Again, as I sit here and record this on Tuesday afternoon, there's no reason to think that it will there's just too many hoops to to jump through between the big 10 and between the sec 
My hope here is that Ohio State can find a Big Ten opponent to play this week and also that the Big Ten can maybe change its rules and, and get the Buckeyes into the conference title game because if Ohio State doesn't get a game and doesn't get a championship on its resume, I don't see how at 5-0 and or at 6-0 and without a conference championship, I don't see how that team is a playoff-worthy team in 2020 when several other teams have played, you know, doubled the number of games. So that's that's something to watch this week. Huge story in college football, but so is LSU and their splintering locker room and the likely loss of five-star tight end Eric Gilbert. So we're going to take a quick break, and then you'll hear me talk to Billy Embody. The College Football Daily will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bringing on Billy Embody right now. Billy, thanks for joining us. I know you probably didn't think you'd be spending a week till signing day talking about one of the biggest signees in LSU history likely leaving the program after just one year, but that's where we are with Eric Gilbert. What is what is the latest that you're hearing, and, and how bad do you think this is for the Tigers? You sign the highest rated tight end in 24-7 sports history. And in roughly six months, he's homesick. And the role he's had in this offense this year is not what Eric Gilbert signed up for. I can tell you that much. I mean, he's been mainly a tight end. He's been split out at times. But over the summer, Ed Ogeron was raving about Eric Gilbert as we were here at 24-7 sports. And just about everybody was. And the reason for that is because he's honestly a generational type of prospect at the tight end position. He can play wide receiver. He can be an end line blocker for sure. But for the most part, what he was being lauded for was his ability to be split out and create matchup issues. And Scott Linehan, LSU's passing game coordinator, even worked with Calvin Johnson at Detroit. And Ed Ogeron brought that up and said, those are some of the types of things we want to do with Eric Gilbert. And fast forward, and in the season, Ed Ogeron's talking about how they want him to learn the tight end position first and and perfect it. But in reality, he's too good of a player to be penciled into that just a tight end role. And with LSU losing some receivers, they've expanded his role, and he saw plenty of targets against Alabama. He's seen uh, really his role as LSU's second leading receiver on the year behind Terrace Marshall Uh, be probably a little bit more what people expected. But look, when you lose your starting quarterback, Miles Brennan, that's really going to wear things down uh, from what they could have done offensively with Eric Gilbert this year. So I think, one, the scheme and and his role has really not been what he expected. But on the same token, this has been a brutal college football season for a lot of these players. They've had to be really uncommon people, even in the pandemic when – 
people are talking about staying in and masking and doing all those things. These guys have had to be extra careful because if they get popped for contact tracing or they get COVID, they obviously can't play. They have to be out for two weeks. They have to quarantine on top of what they're already doing to try to play college football. Add on the fact that you're a college freshman and maybe your experience at LSU hasn't been what you wanted it to be. There's no 100,000 people. Uh, Things have really bogged down this year for LSU in a big way. But look, uh, Eric Gilbert is somebody that Ed Ogeron has to get back on this football team. Because going forward, when you lose Terrace Marshall to the draft, uh, you you lose some of these other veteran wide receivers. Miles Brennan needs Eric Gilbert next year. And LSU can't allow a prospect like this, especially when he has a former high school teammate and B.J. Ojolari on the team, to walk out the door. I'm glad you mentioned the thing about the freshmen. I saw you tweet about that two nights ago now. And I hadn't really thought about that yet. But these guys, like they haven't even had a chance to – to find their footing by the time they got to campus, it was, you know, testing and quarantine. They don't, they don't have their friend groups. They don't have their comfort level. They don't have any of that. that that's gotta be tough. You said that Orgeron's got to get Eric Gilbert back. The latest it looks like is Gilbert's back in Georgia and with plans right now. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Billy plans on just like for now calling this an opt out with potentially the ability to enter the transfer portal and then, of course, this offseason, you're going to have a one-time transfer exception so he could transfer to wherever he wanted to go. In reading Orgeron's comments on Tuesday morning, it didn't really seem like a coach who planned on having Eric Gilbert back. He said if he wants to come back, he would definitely take him back. He's a great young man, treats him like family, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this guy's coming back to Baton Rouge. Well, chalk it up to 2020. I wouldn't bet on Eric Gilbert coming back to LSU because that's the way 2020 has gone for LSU. It's all been bad for the most part outside of, you know, just in January, the national championship, which seems like, which it, it seems like life a lifetime ago though. And especially for LSU fans out there, it really does. But for Ed Ogeron, like you said, he didn't necessarily sound like somebody that's counting on Eric Gilbert coming back this is where things get tricky with family situations and him being homesick and all of that stuff. But what we've kind of gathered is that the plan is, I think by end of the week, he's back in uh, his hometown of Marietta in Georgia. And his mom is somebody that Ed Ogeron said had come out to Baton Rouge. And from what we've gathered to pick him up and and to take him back to, to Georgia. And so from there, yes, it would be an opt out. It would be a situation where he'll go back to Georgia and figure out what's next, whether Eric Gilbert enters the transfer portal, whether he decides to come back to LSU in January. And I think a lot of that will have to do with, and we could do a whole nother podcast on this, but will there be staff changes? Will there be, you know, different players that are brought in, whether it's a transfer portal or whether they close strong with some of these top high end targets they're after on the offensive side of the ball? How does everything look in Baton Rouge by the time Eric Gilbert or any of the other players on LSU's team are set to go back for that spring semester? What what does the situation look like? I think that's probably where Ed Ogeron's going to have to do his best recruiting job. He's going to have to have his second shot, really, honestly, at convincing Eric Gilbert that, and when Eric committed and then ultimately signed, Joe Brady hadn't left yet, but by the time he comes back or doesn't come back for that spring semester, what's the future look like on the coaching staff front, on the offensive side of the ball? How are they going to fix all of the issues that they had? Obviously, they would hope that Miles Brennan is back and healthy and ready to go because he was one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC before he went down. But there are other things that are going to have to happen for Ed Ogeron to get Eric Gilbert back. 
And yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't sound promising based on the comments, but the thing about it is, is he honestly has had a really good freshman year. It hasn't been what he wanted to uh, shout out to one of our go 24 seven subscribers who noted that Eric Gilbert has out of the tight ends drafted in the first round over the last few years, he's by far had the most productive true freshman season uh, out of any of those guys. So things are trending up for Eric Gilbert to be that generational prospect. Will it be in Baton Rouge? We'll just have to see. Uh, that's pretty, uh, Billy, that was, uh, you could have signed that segment off yourself. Um, yeah, his recruitment was 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 funny. I remember being prepared, I think, for him to go to Alabama, but Georgia was also in the mix. So I, you know, he'll have his pick of schools whenever he decides to make a decision. If it isn't LSU, and then I'll I'll say something like, "My words, not yours." If I'm Miles Brennan, I'm thinking about if I have a transfer exception, and he's a graduate probably anyway. Like there might be a, a smoother place to play next fall with a better offensive line and a more cohesive offensive offensive structure if I'm losing Terrace Marshall and now if I'm losing Eric Gilbert. But as you said, that's all a convo for another day. The thing about Gilbert here, it's two stories, right? It's the best tight end recruit ever leaving potentially, but it is also just, as you said as well, for LSU in 2020, with the exception of like January 7th, nothing has gone right. And it seems like now the walls are, are closing in. I did a, a story, a, a podcast a month ago with Kenny Jacoby from USA Today. We talked about LSU's Title IX issues. I talked to Shay Dixon, your colleague, about the Jamar Chase opt-out. We've talked about Ed Orgeron and, and Bo Pelini, and he's going to have to make some sort of decision there if Bo Pelini continues as defensive coordinator. It's been a disaster this fall. Do you sense, Billy, that there is some sort of locker room splitting uh, a breaking apart of the locker room and, and that coach O is in a position where he's going to have to maybe save his job in a few months in, in next season. And that might start now with putting back together the locker room, because if Eric Gilbert's leaving, especially in a year in which anyone can leave without penalty, like I would just, just fairly guess that that could happen to several other LSU players. Yeah. I think the transfer portal is, is there for, quite a few of these players and especially after you know a global pandemic and like we talked about with Eric you know just some homesickness or whatever but for Ed Ogeron he and you might laugh about this one but he might want to take a page of the playbook out of the basketball coach Will Wade's playbook and I'm not talking about recruiting but I'm is he going to make someone an offer a good offer <laughs> <laughs> no he, he, this past offseason basically Will Wade met with a lot of his players and he's a very tough coach to play for. And I think that finally wore on a lot of these guys, and especially some of the high-end ones. And he needed to kind of reinvent how he coached, how he ran the program. And he put a lot more back on the players. And now this year's LSU team didn't have the leadership that the 2019 team had, obviously. Not just talent, just leadership overall. And that was harder to do, I think, for Ed Ogeron to kind of hand the keys to a Joe Burrow, a Lloyd Cushenberry, and just on and on and on, and all these guys that played for LSU on the 2019 team. That's what they've got to get back to. This program has to go back to the players and not just let them run rampant and all that stuff, but you've got to have that ownership from the player side. And I think after the offseason, with everything that you mentioned and everything that's gone on, they just don't have that right now. And that's number one. That's the, the first thing he's got to fix at, at Ogeron is that. And whether that's bringing in some new coaches, getting some fresh blood, that's certainly a, a possibility. 
getting some some really high end, uh, not only football players, but just, you know, character. And that's something that Ed Ogeron talked about a lot in the recruiting process. That's that's a big reason why they were able to win the national championship is the, the people that they had in the program. And those two things kind of go hand in hand is getting the players back on board that this is their program, that it's not this dictatorship or, you know, Ed Ogeron's show. It is everybody. That's what Ed Ogeron has kind of built himself off of since he took over for less miles. This is not, that's never going to be about Ed Ogeron, but this year it really has. And for, for honestly the worst reason since the national championship game, I mean, just everything you could think of. And there's going to be some changes. I think this off season, I, I would have to imagine on the coaching staff. And from there, I don't want to compare him to Gene Chizik because I think he's a totally different you know, just person in general, but you know, Auburn moved on from him relatively quickly after that national championship. If Ed Ogeron doesn't get all those things straightened out, he could be down that similar path in that regard. So that's kind of, I think the, the number one thing they have to come together. They have to really get everything out on the table and fix this program from a leadership and a player led and player development, player leadership aspect. And it starts by honestly, probably at Ogeron getting out of the way a little bit and letting those players really take that leadership role. I'll, get, I'll toss you one more then. The optics here being so bad, if you do lose your five-star Eric Gilbert, LSU just signed Ed Orgeron to an extension with a raise. The buyout's $27 million. Someone texted me on, on Monday night. I was like, could this be it? As if, like, is Gilbert transferring the straw that breaks the camel's back? With You've got your Title IX stuff. You've got a bad football team. You've got rumors of locker room discord. You're going to have to clean staff anyway. You can pretty adamantly say, Billy, that's not going to happen in the next few weeks. Like, he's going to be the coach in 2021. I think so. So not like not not a hundred percent, but is that just like a twenty twenty? Who who knows what the heck's going to happen in twenty twenty kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, it's just like that is just total twenty twenty. Uh, you know, never ruling anything out. And going back to when Eric Gilbert committed to LSU, that, that was probably the recruitment over my career that just said to me, "Gosh, just never count anything out." I mean, LSU staff, outside of a few personnel guys, didn't even watch the commitment because they didn't think they were going to get him. But Eric kept everything so close to the best. Uh, good on him in today's day and age of the crystal ball and everything like that. But now I do think he'll be the coach in 2021. That, that's my 98% gut on that. I just think that with 2020, you can't rule anything out. And you know there, there, are, there is a Title IX investigation. I don't think that's wrapped up anytime soon. With those things, you never know how, how that could affect a program. We've seen other programs go through that where they have to make changes based on that. He's going to be the head coach in 2021, is my opinion. But I just, you just can't rule anything out these days. Billy Embody, it's a lot of fun to have you on. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you're interested, leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'd love it if you did, and and drop us a review and tell us what you'd like for us to talk about. We're looking for content recommendations. That we only have a few more weeks, or just one more week of regular season football and signing day and then it's going to be january here pretty soon we're going to have our playoff we're going to have our our championship game we're going to have signing day two in february and then we're going to have what's hopefully going to be a relatively normal off season compared to uh this past summer so if you got something we should talk about please let us know for billy and body for our producer lance glenn i'm trey scott we'll talk to you on thursday for the next edition of the college football daily
Yes, Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.